They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. So what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Deep Share, the one-on-one podcast, the Danunaki Dan Show. We're all here, man. Is this a Patreon exclusive? <laughs> Is this exclusively for Patreon? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fucking not. <laughs> and we will have uh, more joining us soon. Hopefully, uh, Dr. Narco Longo will be jumping in the house. as, And hopefully, our friend Giant will be able to make it. But that's uh, a maybe. So how's everybody doing? Just woke up a little bit ago. Happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for the invite. Yeah, I just woke up too. I got three hours on you, son. <laughs> Where are you at? You're in, on Eastern, right, Dan? No, I'm in California. I thought you moved over to like Montana or something like that. <laughs> no, dude. Everybody keeps thinking I moved somewhere. I didn't move nowhere. I'm still here. Oh, wow. I'm still okay. stuck in Cali plan was to i don't know if i'll ever leave or if i will leave who knows it's all up in the air still i'm still hanging out in limbo land and jock it's like what 5 p.m 6 p.m for you over there 5 p.m 5 p.m in sweden <laughs> yeah been out in the forest uh, that's awesome in the morning so hell yeah yeah it's Dr. Narco so. longo nice to see you sir howdy mr mr rouse ruse rouse <laughs> i got it right <laughs> or the ruse whatever <laughs> yeah either way it's good so yeah we're all joined here together for a nice fun conversation about whatever Somebody whatever we want to get into really juan and i were talking about what the theme could possibly be to default to but oh man <laughs> <laughs> history well, mysticism all of the above yeah, what have you guys been looking into? I've got some interesting ones lately. We talk about giants because I really like Dr. Narco Longo's last video on giants in Florida. And I recently learned of the giants of Kaldahar, I think it's, that's how you say it. Kandahar. Kandahar. And I wanted to ask Narco, do you think that there are still giants around, bro? Or like, are they interdimensional too? Or are they fake and gay? <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of fake and gay, it's good to see you again, Juan. Nice um, to see you. So, <laughs> but uh, are we going? Are we yeah, rolling? We're, we're rolling. Yeah, we're rolling, yeah, we're, man. All right. rolling. Well, well, here we go. Here's a good one. So, yes, some of that DNA lives on today. Some of the most giants you'll ever find come out of where? Ireland and Africa. Okay. So... <clears throat> 
it's no coincidence these two populations have kind of like concentrated been deposited into the professional sports leagues of america now let's look at the three predominantly watched american sports leagues you have the nfl well what do we find in the word the name nfl nfl nephilim nephilim thank you yeah and we have teams like tennessee titans new york giants uh there's one more that i'm missing uh, about big people but uh new york giants right yeah and um then you've got the other ones i mean that's that's the home run right there because that's the most watched viewed sport um in, at least in america and the west uh typically sporting events the super bowls like you know christmas on steroids but uh <clears throat> with ncaa if you want to twist this a little more so th- that one right there is just in the name itself with ncaa and nba if you're speaking, if you're thinking cabalistically, you can manipulate these league names to give you similar biblical names. NBA backwards is Aben. Aben. Okay. Aben, as in Abenaki and Abenakis. Mm. Well, then you have NCAA. Well, what other word has two A's next to each other? A C and N. Canaan, Canaan, right? Canaan, which is where we get the Canaanites, the Bibles. Yep. Okay. So Anak, you also have Ananaki, which is Kana backwards. Anak. That's where it, that's literally where you get Canaanites, by the way, is Anak backwards. Anak, Ananaki. Anakim is the biblical name for giants, which yes. ties in again, ties in again to Abenaki. So. And that's the word that they were using for the Florida Giants, the children of the dawn, they were calling them, the Abenakis. Of the dawn? Children of the, the dawn, dawn, because they're the, ti- they're the titans. Not the, the dong, all right? Not the, not the dong. <laughs> no, no, no. I see where they're Dan's going with this. We're, we're talking D-A-W-N versus D-O-N or D-A-N, as yeah. in tribe of dawn Dan. kind of thing. Okay, yeah, there you go. That's a good connection. The The... the ethnicity that you're talking about too is would be in the Fomorians and the Tuardedan and too. Yes, same, exactly. Same type of now I exactly. Which it's is good, the Tuadeanu of Scythia. It's an important distinction because in my in my Giants video I talk about dark skinned giants as well in the Americas. Those tend to center around the Gulf Coast. Whereas whereas South Carolina um, northeast Florida, down to like Jupiter, Palm Beach, Florida, there was, according to legends and some of the bones, not only are they saying they're finding five to six distinct races, like n- not hominid species, you know, but races, distinct races of humanoids in the Florida Peninsula alone, in the mounds, the shell mounds. So you could you could say how many races there were, but there was a lighter skinned uh, race of giants that deposited genetics along the eastern coast of Florida, especially, and they tend to go by the name Abenaki. And then you have the Duhar, the Duhar tribe of the Carolinas, Georgia, North Florida, maybe a little bit. They would have bordered Tamukua. These people had like 
red hair, straight red, straight light skinned. And they were very, to horror sounds like an Irish name. And mm-hmm. they were very Celtic in their practices. And the people they met, they met with said, oh my God, these are Europeans, you know, so. So when we say this word giant, how, how big are we talking? How, how uh, wild are we getting? Because I'm curious about this. I've, I've been looking into the etymology of this word and, it, and it's interesting to find that in some cases I'm seeing that uh, when you go back to like the Phoenician alphabet and things like that, this means earthborn, this giga, before the Greeks turned it into something. And right. what I believe they were trying to describe the planets or something like that originally uh, in that form. But before there's this earthborn definition to this word. Uh-huh. And I'm, it's that's so ambiguous, right? I mean, what could that mean? It, to me, I'm making the leap to suggest that it might refer to we were here first, like mm-hmm. earthborn as in the chosen ones or we are the superior, you know, like chosen this is ones. that mm-hmm. same idea of this original. And even in that Netflix show, I brought it up recently that uh, the giants in uh, the show uh, Ragnarok, they're just people. Mm-hmm. But their giant is like uh, status and their stature right, and their right, legend. Right. So I'm just curious what how this mixes together with, you know, legitimate claims of like eight, nine, ten foot skeletons. And then the wild shit that turns out to be like mammoth bones and stuff like that. If you look deeper into the article. Yeah. And real quick, can, can I add something? Because Narco Longo and I have covered Juan Ponce de Leon. He was five foot tall. And not not even yeah or for whatever he he was a very small so if let's yeah. say and let's take that in, in more recent history right when they came over and they were seeing the Timakua for example that were seven foot tall that to them would have been a giant because absolutely five foot stature for a European man Spaniard or whatever <laughs> at that time was normal <laughs> stature so when you're getting here you're seeing a a seven foot two. Or a seven foot five guy, like that's a giant. So that's also the yeah. distinction to me, because I just covered Nephilim on my podcast, and we're talking about mm-hmm. 40, 40 foot tall, right? Like forty foot right. tall and X amount wide. But I, I also brought that up. That what if it was the interpretation of the people at the town? Like, yeah, it was a giant to them, right? Mm-hmm. A giant, but not necessarily like what we hear in the Bible, ten foot plus, whatever it was, right? Yeah. I I'm usually, six two. When I stand next to a guy that's like seven foot or six five, six seven, I'm like, "Fuck, dude, I'm fucking tiny yeah. compared to this guy." Because, <laughs> oh, yeah. and even I'm like, I'm like robust, I'm wide, but even some of these guys that are just like three or four inches taller than me are even way bigger, like in body width, and it's that, like it's exponential. I would get, yeah. I'd get murdered. Like in a second, and, and I'm a big dude, so like you could only imagine like these people that are in their five foot range meeting somebody that's six or seven feet tall with super wide body. Even a six foot tall person could be considered giant to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and adding in the idea that um, you know, for, even from the box saga that suggests they were breeding purposely to be as large and tough and strong as possible. That's an interesting, mm-hmm. it roots right back to that. Mm-hmm. Like the ideology that the Nazis came to and that in the a secret occult shit with the superior race shit and all that, mm-hmm. it, it kind mm-hmm. of fits in, in that way. Well, in box saga, they, 
talk a little bit about giants also, but it's more of a title called Jette. Yep. Jette is giant in, in Swedish. But that was a specific deity to just go, you know, a Jette is one who travels far. So I would... Uh, Maybe it's recommended to have long legs. I don't know. <laughs> we just have the etymology there. So, mm-hmm. so ye is to give. So jette. Jette. It, it's not more into the met- etym. Yeah, exactly. Very close oh. to that. But jette is to like ye, te, e. Also te is tor and has to do with offering and the culture uh, aspect what the book saga is describing very precise in detail. So, but that's what we know from book saga about giants, but I don't, I don't know about statue and, and the physical appearance. I, so saga wise, it was stature and like in the caste system. Yeah. One yet. The, status. Is, status yeah. or stature. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yet is more of a title about a specific function. Okay. Or yeah. Within the offering to the to the raw or the moon, the box that represents the moon in this case. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody want to bite? <laughs> well, well, we Dark- don't need to talk about box saga too much. We go no, into the not deep necessarily. Hole. Narco was gonna say something else. What were you gonna say, Narco? Oh, I could Bach talk all day, man. Um, (laughs) All right. uh, But um, I would say that I think I'm always like hesitant to critique the Bach saga, but I don't think he had the resources, and his his immediate family had the resources to piece together some of the anthropology behind some of the mythology. So I think he would have always kind of erred on the side of um, symbolic, allegorical interpretations. Whereas if he could have seen the bones, I think he obviously could have could have woven that into in, into the story too. Because everywhere, you know, they're always quick to point out blue eye, blue eyed, red hair, blonde hair in countries that they don't belong. Yeah. But the, but it always they always seem to neglect from the Bach perspective that these people usually were over six foot six, you know, especially in in like the China, the Paracas skulls, places like that. Mm-hmm. These are t- tall, tall people. In Florida, I would love you guys. I, I'm sure some of you have heard Tim Bentz or Tim Dents was talking to Rob Skiba and. and they were talking about Jekyll Island, about the creation of the Federal Reserve, right, on Jekyll Island. Well, that was actually mm. a t- t- Tamukua burial ground. And there were giants living there, eight and a half feet tall. And they had eight and a half foot tall skeletons on display, precise in the museums, right next to Rockefeller's Indian Mound Cottage, Right. And the Indian Mountain Cottage, you can hear this on the interview. This this gentleman went over there. Tim Bentz, I think his name is. Um, Robert Supper posted this video too, is mm-hmm. where I heard it the first time. 
but I just went through Jekyll Island and I was, I'm going to do a whole Jekyll Island thing. Well, they came to Jekyll Island. They were all in New York, all the signees of, of this whole, um, you know, drafting the federal reserve. They all came to one place, one room in Jekyll Island. They traveled, you know, alone, anonymously. Why didn't they just sign it in New York? Why they have to come to the vacation spot to sign it? Well, they signed, they signed it and they drafted it right on top of a Timucua burial mound and a, allegedly a blood sacrifice altar. But, you know, that's another conversation. But they went there. Think about uh, Rockefeller's name too, Rockefeller, to take a fellow and rock him, you know, to, to dash him, <laughs> dash him against uh, the rock. But um, I, wanna, uh, I, like I want to jump on this giant thing a little bit and uh, the Rockefeller and giraffe. Uh, I was doing a, uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting. I was doing a, a show called the 88 and uh, there's a constellation called Camel Pardalis and it uh, has to do with giraffes. And so I was looking up giraffes, and I came across the Rockefeller giraffe. There's a giraffe named after Rockefeller. Interestingly, the GI in the beginning of giraffe is also like the GI in giant. Mm -hmm. And Uh uh, giraffes have really long necks. So I think there's something to that idea of something being elongated with a gi. Uh, so maybe small ant or or you know giant legged ant or Ro- Rothschild giraffe. I don't know. Oh, yep. Also, oh, uh, uh, oh, there you go. Sorry, wrong. Uh, wrong wrong uh, Elite. Yeah. Wrong <laughs> lizard people. Wrong lizard yeah. people. <laughs> okay. I got my lizard people mixed up. He sticks his head where he ain't belong. <laughs> but maybe the ant part also means anti. Or like antediluvian, or right. Uh, yeah, I thought about that too. Time. With the ant people, like well, I think of, of the ground. I think of Gia, mm-hmm. like you were saying, Andy. Mm-hmm. Gia is geo, and it's uh, it's kind of odd to use geo for Earth because Gia should be the original root because Earth is a feminine concept. You have mm. Gia, so Gia yeah. means Earth, and then ant meaning tunneling inner Earth. Titans, right? The Titans were were trapped under a hill, under a mound, right? Well, where did they bury the the American giants under mounds, right? right? And so, and mounds, ant, yeah. Have you guys heard that? Mounds or she, right? Just this is a little bit of a side topic, but um, have you guys heard that? Um, what was it? Abraham Lincoln quote when he was at Niagara Falls that everybody's mm-hmm. quotes and highlights about uh, he mentions giants. I'm yeah. curious if you guys have heard that whole quote where he mentions mammoths quite yeah, literally, heard- like in the sentence afterwards. And if mm-hmm. you guys think that that's what he was talking about, or if that's just a, no, that's just a coincidence, man. And he's definitely talking about giant people. Like, what do you think is, is that about, you know, he could be telling us in plain sight, or is he just talking about, mammoth bones maybe we could I find mean, the quote and pull it up i'll, I'll, I'll find it all right abe, abe himself was what six four to six six possibly right so, what's his what's his lineage you can, you, know? you can also see his uh skeletal structure is not that of a typical western european man 
he has very rigid, um, almost art, like prototypal, prototypal, uh, um, Cro-Magnon features, mm. features. He looks like a Cro-Magnon skeleton, if that makes sense. So I have it here. If you, if you want me to read it, it calls up the indefinite past. Let me pull up the screen real quick. Cause yeah, you, I think that this is part of those kind of things where people, will talk about a certain quote and only bring up a little bit of it. And then when you read the entire thing, it, it falls more into context. So it calls up the indefinite past when Columbus first sought this continent, when Christ suffered on the cross, when Moses led Israel through the Red Sea, nay, even when Adam first came from the hand of his maker, then now Niagara was roaring here. The eyes of that species of extinct giants whose bones fill the mounds of America have gazed on Niagara's Niagara as ours do now, contemporary with the whole race of men and older than the first man. Niagara is strong and fresh today as 10,000 years ago. The mammoth and mastodon now so long dead that fragments of their monstrous bones alone testify that they ever lived have gazed on Niagara. So is he talking about giants and mammoths or is he talking about mammoths? I think (laughs) I think so, Andy. I think so. I yeah, think and I'm not saying that discredits what we're talking about in terms of large humans. I, I'm not saying that, but you know, context. It is, is tongue in cheek. It is tongue in cheek. So he's withholding the, mm. you know, his, the obvious message. I think, mm. I think the the telling factor is that he put this sentence in between about That's how Ni- Niagara is strong and fresh today <laughs> as ten thousand years ago. Yeah, and especially you know the 10,000 year mark, like why pick that exactly? Right. That's a very specific point in time. Mm-hmm. It all falls in line mm-hmm. with, of course, what partially seems to be a little bit controlled, but obviously truth coming out about the younger driest period and what was going on then and, and before then. And to add to the Jekyll Island, the, the creature of Jekyll Island where supposedly Rockefeller's was it cottage or or whatever they call it is on that mound, Indian Mound Cottage. Indian yep. Mound Cottage supposedly it was an altar to right the Timucuas yeah. and sacrifice. Every every single building on Jekyll Island or building as of like 1920. Since then, they've built all these neighborhoods. But as of around 1912, 13. 1920 you have every building on that island was built where a native mound Mm. once was where rockefeller specifically built his cottage or or bought the cottage was the one that was built directly on top of what they believed was a blood sacrifice altar and they they refer to the federal reserve as the creature of Jekyll Island. They almost like some yeah. sort of homunculus. And if you think of the use <laughs> of of blood, because the thing about these ley lines and these points around the world is that they're used to power egregores. They're used in a strategic sense to use this energy. And now we're getting more woo-woo than than already of the giants, but this is what they believe. I mean, this isn't, you know, th- this is what the elites believe. And the use of blood in conjunction with it being poured on the ground goes back to something that i was looking at recently Can't where enable case so they use it as a sort of technology and it goes back even to 
Judas, right, that betrayed Jesus. And when he when he unalived himself, the blood that poured onto the ground was right. The, they had taken the money he had given back, right? The, the 30 pieces of silver. So we have the sturdy symbology. But anyways, the point being that this is a technology that they use on the ground. And, it, and you can connect all these, if you want to believe mainstream media history with the with the Aztecs and the Incas, how much sacrifice they had done, blood sacrifice in order to appease whatever gods that they were trying to, to appease. Again, and again, it goes back to that movie Apocalypto where the shaman or the witch doctor knew what was going to go down and he was kind of able to manipulate people into doing what he wanted because it was like, hey, if the sun goes away, it might not come back if we don't have enough sacrifices on the ground this time. So I think that they, they understand this technology. I think it's a form of technology and obviously it's on the darker side of things, but they know how to tap into it. And I think Jekyll Island is one of those places where it's not exactly on the 33rd parallel. It's kind of close to it, but it's like somewhere in the middle. And at that point in time, when they all met together, it was the most wealth ever concentrated in one place. I think it was it in history. I want it was like the, all the money in the world was at that one point in that location. So if anything, would have recorded if so, if anything was ever to happen, oof, Right. I mean, I've got a, I've got another one for you in terms of creature, Jekyll, Jackal, um, you know, dragon, serpent symbolism. Let's look at exactly where Jekyll Island is. OK, you have Georgia and then Florida. It's right at the border between Georgia and Florida. And actually at, at certain points in American history, it was actually like uncontested um, kind of private land. It wasn't always um, incorporated into a state. So I don't know if it, it may have been part of, it, it would have been part of La Florida at one point, um, mm. 1500, 1500s. And so, but after that, blah, 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 blah. And then it, it ended up in Georgia. And that matters because Georgia, some people think is is named for King George. No, 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 no. Saint George, right? Saint Georgia. George, the dragon slayer. Now, Saint George is always depicted on top of the dragon, trampling the dragon, spearing the dragon. If Georgia is Saint George, then what state is the dragon? <laughs> Florida is the dragon. Yeah. Uh, Florida is the phallus mm -hmm. of America. Of America, so they signed this right at the male appendage, the starting point of the male appendage of America, and um, the dragon, so to speak, right between King George, Saint George, mm -hmm. and the dragon. Where's the vagina of of the U.S. is it is it California? <laughs> I was Gulf. just gonna say that <laughs> the Gulf, the, the Gulf. Gulf of Mexico, Gulf of Mexico, yeah, the, Gulf. the the womb, yeah, yeah, the, void, the, Miss, the Mississippi, Mississippi <clears throat> would be the snatch. <laughs> so it's almost like this. What do they call it? They call it geo, geomorphing, or what? What are they? What's the term that they use when they actually use the land to to geomancy, perhaps? And it's a form of geomancy, absolutely. But they're taking like these actual places. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. geomancy. Yeah, taking everything. It would be like ge geoanthropomorphism, something like that. And then we have I this. Know. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but the 
the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? We have the yeah. Jekyll spelled like Jekyll. And then I've never actually read this before, but I hear people talk about it all the time. Oh, yeah. It's a famous monster. Oh, yeah. One of the famous yeah. universal <laughs> monsters. It's almost like a Frankenstein. What year was this put out in? 1886 Frankenstein was put out yeah, in Frankenstein and and the and the doctor were one person yeah Ooh. basically yeah that's a good way to look at it so there's that connection there again back to this creature thing that lives mm -hmm. on I mean the Federal Reserve is still living on and if we want to get technical it's a corp it's a private corporation and the etymology of corporation is artificially created persons by a group of people so we have oh that's yeah we have JP. It was a JP Morgan was in there. All these other, all these guys were in there. I mean, all the the biggest names ever. And then this happened shortly after the Titanic, or was it before that they created the Federal Reserve? Right before. Mm -hmm. And then they, they may have signed it into into a practice after it sunk. After it sunk, I'm not sure, but they yeah, definitely isn't that part of the conspiracy. They yeah. conceived of it. They conceived of it. Uh, one or two years before. So 1913, right. and then Titanic was... Well, the anniversary just passed, yeah. but the Titanic... Yeah. 1912, <clears throat> I think. Uh, I do know that the whole Titanic situation is a, definitely you can look into, and it's an allegory think about, for think about Atlantis and yeah. Titans and yep. icebergs. And it's twin ship and everything. Ooh. Also... Um, yeah, Olympus, so the Mount Olympus, and then... Damn. That's bananas. And the switcheroo. The whole switcheroo. If you want to believe that, though, I mean, how... I know that that's been floating yeah. around, but it's like, how much credibility does that really have? Because, uh, there, yeah, there was this other one. that I've, I've seen that. I've seen that before. Because I was, I was... I was talking... Was it James Cameron? We were talking about, right, talking about giants and Nephilim and, and this, this royal DNA. Well, James Cameron, with the whole Avatar... And the reason that he took so long to come out with the next avatar is because he didn't have the technology. And the way that I've been painted that before, it's like Hollywood will take this. And again, we're going to get woo woo, but they take this ancient alien tech, this Nephilim tech, and they unveil it or uh, reveal it on these movies and they take credit for it. And that, that's the way I've been. So the whole didn't have the technology to create this movie was they were either reverse engineering something that the aliens and I know Andy, right? The aliens, oh, I, dude, that's fine. Like, keep the story the same. Like, it, we were, you know, yes, reverse engineering from X. Yeah, and, right? and so James Believe Cameron, it, you know, and, that's fine. And the Titanic, he's the one that went to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, right? He was one of the oh, first yeah. ones. And then we have the movie. He's the Paci wettest director in Hollywood, man. Pacific Rim, where they were coming from what the bottom of the Mariana Trench, from this portal at the bottom of these kaiju, these demonic giants, yep. these creatures. So I don't know if it's It's always the sea people demonize, right? Like uh government and cybernetics basically has the exact same definition. Um oddly enough, and both of them have to do with steering a ship. It's always what? the sea people. Yeah, man. And that, yeah, uh, if you look up if you look up the definitions of cybernetics and government, they're both about steering a ship basically. Mm. And they both come from Greek There's terminology a... and Latin. There's an Atlantis James Cameron shit. movie also that's on uh, Disney, I think. Yeah, searching and, for Atlantis uh, or something. Yeah, they and they end up coming across some of those big, large stones too that um, Narco has talked about that they found in Florida. That's a very similar 
uh, like oh, yeah. donut hole type stones that they oh. found mm. uh, off the coast of uh, like kind of Spain, but also like Azores and Portugal and yeah. in that in that area of the Mediterranean yeah, yeah. where it meets the Atlantic. But the, interesting, there's also a town there where they had thought that maybe uh, was uh, a part of the Atlantis colony and it was called Donia. And so that set bells off for me. Um, but there's that, so there's that dawn again, right? And then mm-hmm. the people of Dawn, Florida. So you have this dawn everywhere or Dan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. and I think that's like the maritime culture. And uh, where I think a lot of people kind of go wrong with this, like, uh, you know, people want to say like Egypt was actually in America before it was in Egypt and everybody's black and everything. I think more so like this tribe of Dan, these people, it's more like the fallen angel story, how they came unto man and they created hybrids. So I think this is where we get the idea of the Moors is this God race mated with the uh, native giants and created these Nephilim, which in turn is like the hybrid Moors. Uh, And that's why the different colors and races uh, of like pirates too if you get into pirate stuff like (laughs) there's a cultural yeah there's all kinds of different cultural aspects to pirates like Mm -hmm. they were like they were seafarers first and foremost so it didn't really matter what uh race or creed that you came from if you were a seaman you're a seaman and so i i think as they travel around you know they start to mate with other locals in different places and you start to see like this hybrid type of race, this Nephilim type of race grow into uh, different cultural aspects and different racial uh, ethnicities. Lots of red hair among pirates too, historically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to put this up, Narco. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, This book is called the American nations on outlines of a national history of the ancient and modern nations of north and south america it's a fucking mouthful but they talk about florida in here and a lot of it's really tricky to read because i don't know if any of you guys are aware of why s's looked just like f's back in the day yeah, yeah. but my god it's yeah it's it's, it's tricky like, uh, to read through this stuff it's like well you just do it with the monty python accent um you know the river mississippi <laughs> 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 But yeah, they, they were talking about where Florida got its World name. Part two. Yeah, I was starting to get into that just a week ago. I haven't finished it yet. Pretty funny. But yeah, uh, I don't know if you ever looked into this at all. It's talking about Florida and where it possibly got its name. And it's mentioning uh, this word Sassafac. I, yeah, I can't even pronounce it here. I don't know if you guys Aquaza? can see this well. Okay. Yeah. Which sounds Aquaza very with the Spanish made the discovery of it on the Palm Sunday by them mm. called the Pascua de Flores. They gave it the name of Florida. So it's talking about the Pascua. Pascua is what is Pascua? Mm-hmm. That's a Passover, no? It means, yeah, and yeah, it's the it's like a feast. Yeah, Easter. That's the festival. Yeah. Mm. It's Pas Pascua, Pascua or Pascha, Florida. It's the same in Greek, Pascha, Florida. Um, Pasqua, Florida, Pasha, Florida is the holiday that they named Florida after. 
but there's two there's two stories some people say it was easter sunday mm-hmm. so it was so it was pasqua florida for the celebration of easter or that they landed there and it was so flowery they're like oh florida pull that back up andy real quick pull, pull it back up real quick because there was he's yeah, talking sure. about Ferdinand, which was christopher columbus's son right right there so in, in 1512 john ponce de leon a spaniard landed there but for want of a sufficient number of men, but return and spend another Spaniard, Fernand, Fernand de Soto, never mind. So uh, there's a connection between uh, Christopher Columbus and John D. And then there's another connection, which was really interesting with Rockefeller and John D. Because Harkness was one of Rockefeller's silent partners. And if, if we connect this all to Florida, because it's all connected to Florida... These were the most influential people in Florida in Floridian history, where they helped establish, right? They pushed that last frontier through the use of the locomotive, which the locomotive mm-hmm. is very alchemical, right? Very alchemical. The steam, the process of heating things, burning. It's a furnace that's literally rolling around. So the Harkness connection, it was a silent partner of Rockefeller and their whole standard oil thing that they had going on, right? And Harkness was is actually a very famous not only are they connected with the wolf the key the scroll and key and the wolf's head in at Yale but we also have a connection with with Harkness is a very famous John D esotericist and she's coincidentally and I'm not trying to throw shade or anything but she's found like all these lost manuscripts of John D where no one was ever able to find them for like years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, boom, she finds like two, one right after another. It was like, it's like weird, but the Harkness name is connected to this John D and she's Mm. translated many of the works. And it's just reminding me of how John D and Edward Kelly were trying to quite literally bring forth the Ragnarok, bring forth the apocalypse, the end of the world. And that's a very, and Lieber, I think it's Lieber 474, where if you want to believe Crowley, right, we can get into Crowley. He talked about how the universe needs to be destroyed, but not the universe that we think mm. of it as in the mundane existence of man, but the this other universe, right? And it's connected to the tree of life and all these things. But I just find mm. it interesting that that these, these people, and then you have John D. Rockefeller, they're all connected in some sort of... Mm. And I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's like subconsciously that these elites are doing this. They know for a fact this is what they're doing in some sort of magical way or if it's something outside influencing, you know, from the outside looking in, influencing these people to do these things. Ah, like synchronicity and consciousness, how it's just kind of happening without us knowing it. I like to think it's entities. We're weaving the fabric of a story with our independent actions, whether we think so or not. Well, I think of it of entities on the other side influencing oh, on the way okay. in, but then some people are like, no, oh, that doesn't exist. That's, that's too woo woo. It's too, <laughs> Christ- some people. too Christian-y. <laughs> well, I mean, you could think of the entities on the other side as that internal, you know, open consciousness uh, influence, you know, that, you know, whatever you can call it, God, you can call it aliens. You can call it whatever entities you come in contact with. Consciousness needs to subjugate itself. It needs to like subjectify. It can't 
it it needs to look in a mirror basically to exist so it's like you can mm. call it whatever you want but we're getting it like reverse engineering alien craft that to me sounds like an artist painting a picture and saying yeah it was divine inspiration like you're tapping into whatever you want to call it i think the the public facing side is a psyop and they call it aliens but i think it's tapping into a deeper part of consciousness perhaps you know and that can be labeled as many many things the bicameral mentality until what year was it that until oh, what time right three thousand years ago and can we really believe that well when the brain could talk to itself yeah and then people would interpret that as like some divine intervention or the voices of the ancestors etc cetera, etc cetera. well maybe but maybe when it was happening they didn't interpret it that way and maybe the language was appropriated over time and then we started to think of it that way that's what I talk about with like the fairies and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think the people that originally were talking about fairies knew exactly what they were talking about. They were talking yeah. about these fair people, but the yeah. story, the language gets obfuscated. It gets changed. It gets embellished along the way. Our words, we see our words changing all the time, right in mm -hmm. front of us right now and definitions in friggin' dictionaries changing. <laughs> I mean, that's very blatant. Compared what is a to woman, Andy? Hundreds Answer of years question. or thousands of years of the evolution of terms. <laughs> I mean, one embellishment, one sarcasm, thousands of years later, who knows that whole religions could be built around it. Yeah, hundred percent. What does what does cleave mean? What does Canada mean? Because that sounds like Canaan. <laughs> Canaanites. Yeah. Canaanites, damn. Uh, but cleave cleave means uh, split or sever uh, to chop something off. Yeah, but it also means to grasp or hold on to. So it's the two opposite meanings in the same word. Yeah. Right. Well, Jock, Jock, we've talked a lot about like inversion and how it's not necessarily always used as like an <laughs> evil ploy or something. It's kind of like embedded into a lot of different aspects of culture and language and, and ways to get messages across and things like that. Yeah, it seems to have been a warfare around language a lot. I can see it in Swedish history. When you look at the older books, you can see uh, that the language has sort of been restored during certain times and uh, we're sort of left off with a more uh, originate or, or original form of Swedish than we had like 300 years ago, so yes. 400 years ago. So it's quite interesting to look back. And if you look back to like 1200 uh, after Christ, it's even more like perfect. Mm. Uh, so it takes a lot of, time wow. to destroy a language before but or corrupt it but the, the templar seems to have been working so to hide something in plain sight yes. the, the symbolism yes. is always like a flip of a coin also to, yes. to, to be oh, yeah. appropriated into the culture i mean for example with the with the military and and all of that that the swede yeah. swedish empire Empire came up with this military system with private uh, captain. This this ranking system we use today, if you turn it 180 degrees, it's a pagan structure to make children also instead of killing yeah. people. So it's very oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, can you break the the word military down for with root militer? <laughs> militer. Militer. Yeah, a litter mill, like a puppy mill. Like a meal eater, like meal a, a meal. Is that's a, the Eng, an English tradition for you, but yeah. mil itar is uh, in Swedish becomes much more complex. But uh, but 
But all those ranks have a different function within a pagan system also. That one is a helm of ten. And then a soldier is a soldier, as a sun drinker, for example. Sol. Uh, now, can I give you another one on the soldier? Oh, that's mm-hmm. dope. Mil- from, 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 the English, uh, from the English language. Do you know what else happens in the process of baby making? The first thing that happens when a child is born, at least in America, in many countries, is that they dye the soles of the feet. So the foot soldier, who would have been very low ranking in this baby producing system, mm-hmm. would have would have been dying. He would have been assisting in perhaps the baby making process somewhere along the line. He would have been the man responsible for when the baby comes out, dying the soul of the foot of Whoa. the baby to imprint on the birth certificate. Now, I'm not saying they had birth certificates <laughs> you know, back, right. back, back then, but the foot, soul, dire. Wow, I like that. And just to connect it, to keep it with that, like maybe they did have birth certificates in a way. I mean, I don't know. Like I connect the idea of this whole law of water and like the the uh, maritime law and stuff like that. I, I I've been trying to look into factual yes. evidence for this stuff rather than just Jordan Maxwell videos, but like it's few and far between, but I connect that shit right to, I mean, the whole symbolism of it brings you right back to the seafaring tribes. Again, you bring to the seafaring mm-hmm. symbolism. It's all well, about the birth of the yeah. ship and all you that, know, the you know? seamen. Yeah. The, na- the Navy real quick, real quick, Longo, real quick before, yeah. before this escapes, because this is something that I've been, that I've been, because you just you just unlocked it in my mind, Andy. But this is something that I've been toying around with. That right, because I just went on a cruise. What's a cruise? A boat, a vessel, right? And you have these seamen, right? And what were what what's an alchemist doing, right? I mean, if you think of of Noah being this great alchemist, right? The, having the vessel to transmute like reality, right? And we're talking about that connects to the Nephilim and how the Nephilim were wiped out, et cetera, and two of every animal. Well, there's connections to be made between Noah being this alchemist and the vessel symbolism because it links to like these. I've seen plates, and one of the ones that I saw was in the Rosicrucian, right? The Rosicrucians were trying to manifest humanity into something else. Well, in the main plate of the Rosicrucian, the Invisible College, the one that we always see with the, I think it's called the something tomb, where it's like this weird, crazy looking building. Well, on the left hand side, if you notice, there's a mountain. And on top of that mountain, there's a boat, Noah's Ark, in this Rosicrucian plate that I, when I was looking at it, I was like, what does that have to do? And now you're think you're talking about like the seeding of humanity all throughout the, 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 the globe, right? For those that want to believe in the globe and the vessel. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. The, the semen, right? They're in the vessels and they're going around fucking the world into existence. <laughs> Usually tracing the Gulf Stream too. Usually, absolutely most most of the yachts. The mother room. Nice. My bad. Go ahead, Nongo. <laughs> I'm done ranting. Okay, that was good. Okay. I liked. It. I think it was a good addition. It ties it in. Yeah. I heard uh, something recently that was talking about how there was like a. a... I think it was Ralph Ellis talking about Mount Sion or Zion 
and Moses going up to the top of the pyramid in Giza. And there was uh, at one point a platform on top of there where they would do their rituals. And so maybe the ark landing at the top is is the symbology, the, the ritual of which they were trying to recreate or perform uh, by going to the top of the mountain or top of the Mount Zion. That's what ziggurats were. You know, this idea of, yeah, there's always this idea of going to the top of the mountain for some type of enlightenment Ooh. or type of am i reaching to connect arc with arctic no I'm being at the top of the not. mountain top of it the is mountain the arc. Arctic, know, hyperborea yeah. mm-hmm. oh i got hyperborea to me is uh hibernia and yeah. boria is iberia yeah yeah you and i have talked about that and it's it doesn't it doesn't places. it doesn't mix <laughs> doesn't mix with like the map that you see of the the four lands and it being hyperborea but uh maybe not now linguistics it does but also like when you look at the hyperborea map it's surrounded by mountains and that's usually associated with atlantis so mm-hmm. this is the plate that i'm talking about where you see here that i mean that oh looks, that looks like noah's uh-huh. ark to me and this is from the i mean it might as well definitely be. Yeah, 1618, I believe it was, and this is called the, this is called the Temple of the Rose Cross, 1618. Look at that, it's like a traveling church. Where is it from? Church on wheels. Yeah, it does look like a traveling church. <laughs> so right here, the representation was created in 1604. <laughs> Spectrum Sophicum Rose to by Theo Phyllis. Meghars, sounds German. Yeah, it's probably yeah. German. Look at the picture, da, 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 the lower image caption. And it goes on to say, Jesus is everything for us, right? And I connected this to this other alchemical work of, obviously, Edward Kelly, where he's showing the the secrets of the Philosopher's Stone. And at the very last plate, once you reach the magnum opus and you uh, you know you unlock the secrets of the Philosopher's Stone... We pull that up here. He shows this. So this is the Philosopher's Stone, right? And you obviously have the Janus connection there with the three faces yeah. and all this stuff. This is a vessel. You have the 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 first egg, the Orphic egg. And then you have the two of every animal in this picture. Obviously, there's lines and stuff like that. But look at this. And then you, you're on the sea. So mm-hmm. talk about a vessel on the sea somewhere. Again, a bearded white guy, a bearded white guy, bearded white dude. Yeah, absolutely. With that pointy hat. In the Bible in Genesis, it says that God moved over the waters. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Noah. Yeah, well, that, that's, yeah. I just, again, it was very interesting to me. And uh, that's the shore of Gotland. <laughs> Romy, Romy had said something about the salt water, right? Being, you know, according to the alchemical process and how important that is. And mm-hmm. I forgot what exactly what he said, but. I just found it interesting that you have the animals and then you have the in the Rosicrucian. So that's something I'm working on. I'll I'll come up with more more evidence, if you will. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, well, then, Jock, you mentioned the Gotland story, but isn't Noah in that story a female, actually? No, Gubben Noah. Or am I thinking Moses? Each midsummer we drink to the honor of Noah. Gotcha. I, mean, I was messing, messing up the the Moses interpretation. Oh yeah, Moses is a female. 
in the Finnish box really? art. Yeah. yeah, man. Which is that inversion again, we could possibly say, you know, from one culture we to the other. We made a, I've made one with Caleb and uh, Nova Scotian. It's cool. He goes his name after. And we yeah. talked about uh, this Egypt connection with the, they are talking about the statues are being very female in Egypt, like Akhenaten, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sort of into the theory that uh, comes a little bit from the book saga too, that they wanted to destroy the female aspects in egypt for example the sphinx there was destroyed by napoleon parts of it uh, like the tits on the swings and so forth but oh, it, that's another story but uh, <laughs> moses is supposedly had been there i mean that's funny because there's pictures there's all these venetian palaces you know venetian finnish venetian Venetian mm-hmm. palaces all over Florida, and two of the most magnificent ones, Villa Vizcaya, who's the John Deere, the guy who we get Deere, um, John Deere tractors and stuff. Mm. Um, and then you have uh, this one's good. This one's good for the box saga too. Um, the other one is Ringling Brothers, the Ringling Brothers Circus. The Circus Brothers, the biggest circus on the on the planet. Ringling. Uh, Ringling Brothers. They were headquartered in Sarasota. Now that's Finnish, isn't it? A little bit. Uh, Ling is actually Sir. interesting because the, the original king line of Sweden was called Linga or Lingaet. So, that's They're penis, Ringling. Yeah, ring. You're d- you're dangling. Like... You're dangling. Yeah. <laughs> but the ling, the ling like is the also original the, kings uh, of the ringland. Lingus, ling, <laughs> lingam, a lingam. Yeah. And of oh, course, that's... we have the circus aspect from the root language as well. Yes, the circus plays a big role in, in, in the box saga. Yeah. Um, but this is the Villa Vizcaya. Now that is called that's a limestone ship called the Cle- Cleopatra. Uh, Cleopatra's, Cleopatra's mm-hmm. boat. Now, if if you could see this from above with the see that um the glass over the courtyard, mm-hmm. if that were gone, this is actually a four walled starport with a bastion in each corner, no, and they turned turned it into a Venetian. Oh, click on that the pool right there, uh, underneath. Please. No, there was the well that yeah that's a good one yeah. There's this there's this whole internal water grid uh energy grid system. Wow. Uh, with the fountains and it's built right into the swamp. That's tapped into the aquifer, the Florida aquifer. So but basically why I brought it up was because in, in this palace, Vizcaya, and in the other palace, Sarasota, Ka Dizan, which is Venetian. Well, Ringling was German. Why did he name his house in Venetian? Mm. Well, but in both of these places, they have Sphinx statues, but the Sphinxes have breasts. The, the mm. Sphinxes have breasts, and their nipples are covered with flowers. Mm. Interesting. So that's, this is Kadazan. Vene- they're both Venetian with a V. So, so um, modern onlookers will say, oh, that's such a disgrace to us, an ancient statue. Little do they know, it's the original form. Yeah. In the tarot, they also have it on the chariot, I know. Yep. This. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, nice. So, uh, today we are actually having uh, um, on our show uh, talking to Ralph Ellis, and I just finished one of his books that's called uh, Cleopatra to Christ, where he talks about he his uh, idea or theory or whatever you want to call it, hypothesis, is that Cleopatra's great uh, granddaughter, Theomusa, who was uh, the product of Cleopatra and uh, Caesar uh, having a baby, uh, Theomusa is uh, the Virgin Mary. <clears throat> and there's this aspect. So where you mentioned the Cleopatra <laughs> ship there, uh, you have this aspect of... Uh, also, the Mary has a representation to like Isis and Ishtar and all the goddess angles, right? Which uh, gets into like the immaculate conception thing too, because there was a group of there was like an Isis cult that was having uh, these immaculate conceptions uh, in in pagan times, and so there's this idea of uh, creating these like avatar <laughs> beings and whatnot, but. Uh, it kind of gets into uh, <laughs> Columbia also. And uh, so Christopher Columbus would have been Christ and Columbia, which would have been the merging of the two, um, which connects into like Jesus and Mary from Egypt and uh, them running away. Now, there's some interesting Egypt-Irish connections and Another one that Ralph Ellis talks about is Akhenaten and his uh, daughter, I believe, Skota, and how they go to Scotland, right? So there's a connection to Scotland and Egypt. And then um, I was watching a video by Kuramil Ahau, and he was going over like some tribe of Dan and, and uh, tribes of Israel stuff and there's another connection to a princess named Zara who was of the tribe of Judah, but got uh, casted out uh, before the time of Assyrian uh, takeover. And she left and fled to Northern Ireland. And what's interesting about that is uh, in the, in the story uh, this baby sticks his hand out of the vagina and they tie it with a scarlet thread and uh it ends up pulling its hand back in and it got so it got breached and the other baby comes out first so they had a dilemma of who was going to become the king or the princess or who was going to have the uh, lineage right so ends up being that the one with the scarlet hand had to leave and go to northern ireland and you see images of the scarlet uh the red hand there tied with like a thread around the bottom so they go to Northern Ireland. So now you have two connections already with Ireland and Scotland and Egypt. And then you have uh, the two of Dedanin who uh, in George, I think it's George Massey, his book, he talks about how the two of Dedanin also relate to the Duat or the underground in Egypt. And it was called like the Duat de uh, Tanen or something like that. Mm. And um, so there's a connection of the Dan and Egypt and then obviously in Denmark and obviously in uh, to a day down and then to Ireland, back to Ireland. And then there's the story, you know, where they like met up the two sides and were like, hey, how come you 
can speak the same language I speak. It's like, well, they came from the same place at some point in time. And so they have this language uh, uh, similar. Um, so there's, so there's three different connections right there with all of this. And I've been going over like lost gospels lately and in the gospel of Paul, I'll just, uh, let me find this and read this real quick. But, uh, in the gospel of Paul, uh, it's funny you're bringing this up, Dan, because I, I just finished the Judas goat, the substitution theory of the crucifixion where it talks (laughs) about how Jesus was swapped out with his twin brother, which was, allegedly thomas and the t of the cross is symbolic of t for thomas and how they talked about that they talked about how back then the firstborn was twins the one that was first to come out they would tie that string on it and that would be the heir but there just so happened Mm -hmm. to be that it would get sucked back in and the second brother would come out first therefore cheating the other brother of being the heir and they would grow up not knowing that that was the case until it came time to take over. And they were like, wait, what's going on? So we have this conflict between the two brothers that happens, but yeah, they talked about what twice that talks about it. Yeah. So I I have it here. Here's two uh, verses from the gospel of Paul. It says, because he had heard in Phoenicia that some of the children of Israel around the time of the Assyrian captivity, had escaped by sea to the islands far away as proclaimed by the prophet and called by the Romans Britain. And then uh, a couple of lines later, and it, it says, and it came to pass that the certain of the Druids came to Paul privately and showed by their rites and ceremonies to prove they were descendant from the Jews, which escaped from bondage in the land of Egypt. And the apostle believed these things and he gave them the kiss of peace. What is so, this? Britain comes from a... That's from the Gospel of Paul. So regardless of if Paul is canonized or not canonized, it's uh, obviously an older text. So the fact that they're even talking about it in mm-hmm. the first place, to mm-hmm. me, right. is like evidence that there's something going on there. I know that the the supposedly Britain was named after a Phoenician term that meant land of tin. So the Phoenicians yeah. were trading there in Cornwall which was the first place that the trading was going on with tin and Cornwall, of course, is also Man, where the, the pixie was. I've heard lots of names for how Britain got its name. There's another guy named Brutus. There's also Bridget. Uh, yeah. Well, both of them. Yeah, and actually... Bridget. So there's like so many. I don't know. I, I have they no can idea connect which together, right. I'm sure. Yeah. See, na- names are never so one-dimensional. Right, so, exactly. What was that you pulled up, Longo? What was that? I didn't write yeah, that. I'm down. trying to pull it up again. Um, In what moment do they go similar. from England or England to Britain? Yeah. Simeroglyphics. Simeroglyphics. This is, it, it corroborates what Dan is saying. It's Welsh. Okay. Egyptian hieroglyphics is taken from Welsh. There's two high old root languages on the planet i know the box saga glorifies um swedish root swedish finnish swedish finnish and then english as the top three and that's good but we've got to add one more to that list welsh welsh what what two languages was it that jrr tolkien used to construct his old world mythology and he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't so much 
imagining. He wasn't creating fiction. He was distilling mythology into fiction that could be digested today. Well, he used Finnish, of course, and he would have been using a lot of the Swedish as well, not just the modern Finnish, but he used Welsh. Now, why Welsh? Because Welsh is the Welsh spring of languages, the wellspring. It is a wealth, okay? And where you have all phonetic languages, all phonetic languages go back to Finnish, Finnish, phonetic, Venetian, phonics, right? All hieroglyphic languages were interfaced to runic-based writing mm. systems with Welsh. This is a fact. Welsh is the pic pictographical um, equivalent of Phoenician. It could be interfaced at any country with a pictographical language. So in this case, it's Egyptian. And where do you find the most gypsies? Gypsies mm. in Egypt, right? Well, where else do you find gypsies clumped Russia. up together? Well, yes, but Ireland. Ireland oh, is, right. is yeah. famous, famous for their gypsies and um, the Irish travelers. And here you have this book. This was, I learned about this from a gentleman named Ross Broadstock. Ross Broadstock. He was Welsh. He is the go-to guy for this information. He wrote this book and it was uh, using the works of this guy over here, some, Alan Wilson, okay, and a couple other guys. Well, this book is a home run, but Ross Broadstock here dropped dead live streaming on YouTube. Now, I don't know how healthy he was, and I'm not like, um, you know, theorizing, but his work that he was in the middle of, of unveiling was cut short. And he literally had a heart attack live on YouTube. Um, so what? his work, his work seemed to be pretty on the money. And mm. he can read Egyptian hieroglyphics, dare I say, better than anybody using Welsh, the Welsh language. You know, it almost. It well, just I'm not kind surprised. Of, yeah, <laughs> there's. I'm taking this into a kind of a weird psychological human behavioral type place, but it's interesting to think that like you have the analytical side and the pictorial side where you have like these two, almost you could say root languages aside one another that are just different <clears throat> sides of the brain operating almost mm -hmm. where you have this more logical logic and then you have the picture. And I think that, I think that probably speaks volumes about like the central feud of humanity, probably uh -huh. the, di and the difference in ideology at the well, core of it. If phonetics comes from Finland or the mm -hmm. Phoenicians, where does picture pictures come from? From the pixies, Pictus, from the, the pics. Pics, yeah. From the pics, there, right? there was a Norwegian uh, professor who was studying language and he said that there was two major, uh, language groups on the planet and the more Finnish I would say uh, he claimed that one of these types were um, two dimensional and uh, the root or the Germanic language group is more tri uh, three dimensional in, in like in the cognition how we yeah he, mm -hmm. I don't I remember if I, can tie I don't remember the, the name of this guy but it's a quite interesting read mm -mm. 
Yeah, I'm always wondering uh, if we could tie that to like, you know, the old versus new idea that I bring up often, like, you know, sticking with the the natural world and staying in that closed cycle or the new world, the new way, the branching off, the escape from the old patterns, you know, two dimensions to three I've dimensions. A, I've got two more things uh, to connect, and that is um, the, the Stone of Destiny or Jacob's Pillow uh, from the Bible is also uh, was transported to Ireland and put on top oh. of Mount Tara. Yes. Uh, where yep. they crowned and christened kings. So Tara. So that word made me think of like Tartaria. And so I looked up like Tar, what Tar meant. And Tar means tr- uh, tree. Um, mm-hmm. And then Tara means star. So tree and star so where do right. we see like the imagery of symbolism of tree and star like yeah. a christmas tree right yeah. uh the star uh-huh. of bethlehem there's a connection to isis with that star too and then also like in in magical fairy wands right we have like a a, a piece of a branch with a star on it um so there's an interesting connection to tartaria the mounds and uh, Tara and I think that Tartara Tartaria is like the Tara ter- territories, which is like all the encompassing lands of you know, uh, the <laughs> tribes of Israel. Real, real quick before I forget, you're saying Tar, but what about Tor and the E in root language? And you know, it's female also. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, Tar Tur Tar Tir. They mean tree. So well, tar is inside of the tree. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The tar, uh, I can, uh, you the know, sand. they have a t- they have a title yeah. in Finnish that is called Kuninga Atar uh, for the high woman or the because she takes, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. takes the seed. She is this know, why it's Torah? Is that why they call it a Torah? Well, that's why oh, I was connecting right. it to Tor, like Thor, Tor's hammer, the yeah. tree, the trunk, like, and mm-hmm, the star mm-hmm. above. The that's why I meant the E, the North little, star too, the lower, yeah. the lowercase I. And this English, is about Moses the too. Root language and the burning the Polaris bush in the North Pole. That could have been a tree. I mean, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Tree symbolism seemed to well, be repeatable when it came Absolutely. to when it comes to paganism. It's all like. Yeah, different yeah, details in just the leaves. You can see it in the when you look at the heraldry, and so it's so much details into. I I think that the secret when you try to unlock, you know, the secret behind the especially like fifteen sixteen hundreds, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, like weapon shields and heraldry. Uh, the secret is inside of the. The deciphering of the nature, you know, the leaves and trees and all of this kind of symbolism. And it's really hard to figure out when you don't have the, the pagan aspect because they were still around, those who knew about this kind of symbolism. Yeah, using it in plain sight. Yeah. And you were talking a while about, um, you know, we've gone over it on our show's Roots of Creation sometimes about the uh, Gustavasa and like the, you know, returning of the pagan ways and how they were kind of being used 
you know, in plain hiding in plain sight when they kind of took back the throne in Sweden. And yeah. I'm curious if I can't remember if you said they ever had they ever got overthrown or if that's still what's the going on today. There were for, forces from France uh, with the same movement of the Napoleon age that they they went infiltrating via the the orders. Sweden had their own order called Seraphim Orden is the highest. The Seraphim Order of the Seraphim is the highest uh, like Templar order in Sweden, and it was controlled by the king. So they had like parties and masquerades with those people also, but they were infiltrated this way via forces from France called the Illuminists. And this Adam Weishaupt story and all of this is in the same branch. Okay. But it's interesting, uh, this turning, because this Rockefeller types and Wallenberg and Rothschild and all these types seems to belong to the same network, like the fake Jew. Lizard people, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's like the fake Jews, I would call them, the Russian Jews or something like that. Hey, Jock, what do you think? What do you know about this symbol? You <laughs> see this? Where is this from? Well, you tell me where this is from. <laughs> I'm thinking like uh, it's, a, it's a part of the offering on the female side, perhaps. Well, I'm just saying this, this is like a typically Finnish or Swedish symbol, right? Yeah. North, northern european this yeah, is found yeah. in this is found in florida or at least mm. exact exact replicas are found in florida this one might might be mississippi or tennessee but this is mississippian culture okay. southeast united states where well, they yes. have the medicine wheel there or the rusty uh-huh. the yeah. four cross the looped the looped cross is the kind of the unspoken national symbol of finland is the looped the looped square and and the eight, uh, eight pins it's like the eight powers going yeah. out from the rust four, four yeah. winds you've got four thor, cross thor, the thor's yeah the, thor's this, cross in the middle yeah it's a rusty or the information center a ringland center and it does look like wood. the female side because they have like the swans going around yeah. the edges mm-hmm. these eight these woodpeckers, four woodpeckers, are are mm. rare, rare Florida woodpeckers, and they're making a swastika. They're making yeah. a, a sun they wheel sure by looking each direction. The but wheel. Yeah. Now, this symbol exactly comes out of Swedish and Viking um, stone carvings. Yes, well, why? Found, found similar, yes. Yeah. Now, this in Florida is unlike any other Florida sorry any, unlike any other american artifacts but they find these in florida and um what's that s- southeast united states like i said what do you know what it's made out of it's a shell oh. this one i think is, is shell oh wow it's a carved shell like the size of the palm of your hand if i'm not mistaken maybe a little smaller like a necklace it's really interesting you have three ways i don't know exactly where to put that well here you guys want to look at uh we just look at oh no the looped square at wikipedia it's a very interesting symbol because it's one of the few symbols that apple chose to put on their keyboard 
It's, yeah, I see uh, what I know what you're talking it's about. The command, it's the command symbol. So mm. you're command, oh, right. commander, right? Mississippian mm. culture, like I said. Um, but you've got Finland. It's most famous with Finland and Gotland, Sweden, of course. Mm. Um, Is it used as a talisman, Longo? You guys still see my screen, right? Yeah, just the same symbol. Yeah. So that's the looped square, but they have even more precise. Um, cheese molds they used to how put big, it on how big is that it's like a pendant yeah. for a necklace we're still looking at the pendant Longo yeah you, you, oh, you are oh, I'm sorry I went to the loop frozen went. Or something. here let me let me go to the other one I'm a noob how big how big was so, that yeah, uh, that shell one is it just a necklace size type thing or is it like if, a if I had to guess if I had to guess, it would it would have been hanging on the chest, so it would have been anywhere between okay. a, di- a dinner plate and like a, a silver dollar. If I had to guess, okay, because it, it would have been sometimes the the sometimes it have something big, but it would have been like a charm for a necklace. But then it, it's interesting they decided to put it on the apple uh, on the uh, computer. Yeah. Just like the Bluetooth symbol is, uh, it's yeah, it's... also has Norse roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. this is this one come, <laughs> comes out from the Lumalunda Grotto. You can see it in the style. Yep. Yes, uh-huh. you see there, Gotland Visby. Lots of mm-hmm. serpent imagery. Yeah. So this was used to show. It says place of interest at the top of the definition. So it was like used to 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 show a significance of an area or. I don't know. I would track it, especially <laughs> if they're talking about the holy yeah, land in the center. Yeah, but I I think this may have even um. But this maybe. four, yeah, it it has to do with offering to to Ra or Moon. This four, if you see a four clover, for example, in in Ireland, yeah. that symbology has to do with female offering. For wow. Example. Yes. Yep. It is the clover. And why, I mean, Eve took why. the bite of the apple, so it makes sense that apple would put it <laughs> yeah. on there. On their computer. It's the yeah. command. The command key. Mm. Come, come, man. <laughs> come, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it always come goes back it. to the semen aspect of everything, yeah, right? You have, you have the keys to Florida. Now, you, you know, if, if Florida is the phallus of America, what is the E coming out? It is the keys. The mm. keys ah. of Florida. The Florida keys. Coming right. right out onto the gene, the gene keys, you could say. Look at the form of Sweden and gene Finland keys. combined. I mean, that's just a yep. Those are the most <laughs> phallic. Yeah, and it's, it's where, Finland where... is the balls. Now, Zach, Jock, do you know why I'm? You know why I especially gravitate to the box saga is even though the box saga never names Florida, it actually glorifies. Florida to a to an extreme degree because every aspect of the box saga every junction every change was determined by the gulf stream yeah the gulf yeah. stream comes from the gulf of finland and i just i wish your bach would have taken a trip to florida once in his life maybe he did because in lake worth florida where i uh, came from i'm in south carolina right now 
And where my bookstore is, is Lake Worth, Finland, sorry, Lake Worth, Florida, which has the most, the highest concentration of Finnish people outside of Finland. Lake Worth, Florida. But where is uh, Philadelphia located in regards to Florida? Philadelphia is up up north by New York. It's uh, northeast. I I know... I know that uh, there was, uh, you know, during 1600, there was a lot of Finnish people colonizing. Yeah, uh, and Minnesota uh, in, too. In in Philadelphia specific. That was called like Nia sure. Sverige or New Sweden, but they mostly sent Finnish people because <laughs> they were like robust. They couldn't handle the natives there. So. so the reason, the unofficial reason, now supposedly... The Finnish just came there for the weather and the the sailing opportunities in Lake Worth, Florida, which is where Palm Beach is, by the way. So Lake Worth is just a the unfancy way of saying Palm Beach. So Palm Beach is the fancy island where Donald Trump lives and Epstein and and um, not to group those guys in together. I do not. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> I don't. But <laughs> those guys all live there. Palm Beach, well, right across the canal is Lake Worth, where all the Finnish people live, the Finnish. So why is this uh, significant? Because right there is where the Gulf Stream comes closest to land. So the Gulf Stream crosses the Atlantic and comes right closest to Florida, precisely where the Finnish, I know we've talked about this before, Andy and Dan, about the Gulf Stream coming into Florida, almost touching land right there. Because the Bahamas are like a choke point where the Gulf Stream squeezes between the Bahamas and Florida. And right there, you have Lake Worth, Florida. Now, the Gulf Stream then goes around Florida, and it actually originates in the Gulf of Mexico, which I wish your Bach would have known this, St. Petersburg, Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida, is almost exactly where the Gulf Stream originates. So you have the Gulf, the Gulf Stream going from St. Petersburg, Florida, to St. Petersburg, Finland, which used to be Finnish territory. Mm. Now it's now it's Rush, now it's Russian St. Petersburg. But before it was St. Petersburg, that was Finnish land. So Gulf to Gulf, Finland to Florida. St. Petersburg to St. Petersburg. And how far away from um, Palm Beach is the Bach Tower and all that? It's right in between the two places I was just talking about. So Palm Beach, so Lake Worth, Lake Worth is right. If this is Florida, right? If this is the peninsula of Florida, this is the East Coast. Lake Worth is right here. Okay. And then... Um, St. Petersburg is up here, up a little bit and on the other coast. Well, Bach Tower is pretty much right right in between them. Bach wow. with the B-O-K. Now, the other place on the planet where we have a place called Bach Tower, B-O-K, I think it's in Alabama. It's in an anomalous location that they call the center of the universe. What? Because it's a place... There's a tower. It's a banking tower called BOK. What's the name? B-O- Center of the Universe, Alabama, Bok, BOK Tower. 
and it's, oh my God. it's this place where you can like clap or shout and your 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 voice is canceled out i've heard of that it's this anomalous place it doesn't matter whether it's built into the concrete whatever it happens and it, it's right in front of the bach tower be okay so that's yeah, look right that up. let's Juan, you looking that up? Let's get that up on the Yeah, screen. I can't pull it up because Narco... Has Narco a... Here, I'll stop. I'll stop. Narco's <laughs> messing it up for us, man. But yeah, I've seen this. You posted this on your on your Instagram, Narco, a little bit ago. Yeah. It's like at a university or something like that. Yep, oh, okay. It. I remember you posting something about It says this. Oklahoma. Yep. No, do you know? Do you guys know what Oklahoma means, by the way? Just to cut in, like I'm starting no, go very... For it. Uh... Bring it on. <laughs> ejaculatory with this information <laughs> that's all in but, the um, same theme <laughs> the oklahoma you have oak okay but oak means red in native american okla like okra ochre, okra yeah red red ochre ochre the red right. ochre so okla and then homa is like homo or human homa so the red people oklahoma the red people look it up oklahoma means red people that's awesome yeah. So this is the center of the universe, marked by a worn concrete circle, approximately thirty inches in diameter. In the middle, overall, the center is a little more than feet. When when a person stands bricks. in the center, somehow whatever they say will hear it echo, while everyone around won't hear the echo. What? Wow. Yep. And of course, you notice that it was made with thirteen bricks. Where is this? Some interesting ley lines. That yes. Being that tower that you see is the Bok Tower. B-O-K. Tower. It's got little people on a little homunculus on it, bro. Yeah. Interesting. Got a pyramid and a boat on top. A pyramid and a boat on top with a, a ton boat? of people underneath. I don't know if it's a boat or not, but <laughs> that I mean, a boat? dude, it looks hey, you know, I'm what else could it be? Connection. It looks very similar. <laughs> they got it's one never gonna white. look exactly the same. They got one white dude on there. Yeah, one. Of course. <laughs> It's Lemminkainen. That's Narcolonga right there. Somebody probably colored it in like that. They're like, hey, one of them should be white. That's Oklahoma in 2030. <laughs> the diversity thing. But now, now Jock, <laughs> if, if Jock has never seen Bach Tower, Florida, I'd love to show him that. Yeah, um, pull that up. So he's on the loop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't mind while you're at it. Oh, and by the way, the Tulsa or Tula tribe, Tola, Tulsa, and Tula, the tribes that would have, those names would have came from around that area. Ooh. So the story the of this, this of this tower is that it's Isengard. It's built on Iron, iron Mountain. Mountain. Like Tolkien had Iron Mountains Dude, where, the, yeah. where the dwarves lived. Oh, do we have some gravy? Wow. <laughs> so much gravy here. Yeah. <laughs> we, got the, we got the juice, bro. We got the juice. But check, this is the inside of it. Now, you got the star here again. Very What's in the middle. Very Masonic. Yeah, it, like trees coming out the sides. What's in the middle of the star? It looks like a it's sacred symbol. Let's see if we can see it here. Like a flower of life, almost. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say it looks like flower of life, maybe. Pro. Mm. Uh, could like be a, a waffle. It's a, a straight line. Yes. A waffle. It's, it's a could, Lego Mayago situation. Lego. Be, <laughs> uh, oh, there we go. 
that's where they make the sun they got want. The zo- what is that? Animals? Like but as Jock was saying, look at all the greenery and the and stuff like that. That's probably where a lot of the symbolism is, the flowers and everything. What if the that's cross behind the star? What if that's a way to manipulate reality? Lego my ego, and they've been putting this in like in front of us this whole time. Right? Well, that is interesting because it's a grid. It's not a flower of life, it's a grid. And both Longo and I thought yeah. it was the flower of yeah. life from a distance. You got these, it's very quite the opposite. Lego, my it Lego, also <laughs> it also yeah. looks like the legendary symbol uh the the production company legendary yeah uh there's that it's the film company. you know but the legendary one is like a celtic knot but it's very similar to that got all these animals you got a cock here yeah you know? a, a, a dodo bird or something you got a ram wow a fox Rabbit. rabbit looks very possibly astrological well know. there is an astrological um a sundial on the, on the outside there's a sundial with the signs of the zodiac so it's a functioning astrological calendar right and, the... and hour and minute clock and on the door the door has the an engraving oh god oh scenes, this is unreal scenes of genesis it looks like, uh... you you want to know what what i've been finding out digging into stuff like this that's a solid gold door they they tell people in any place like this that it's a brass store. This is a brass store, so that no nuts go and try and saw it off and take it for themselves. For example, there's there's entire ships sunk off the coast of Florida that are labeled as copper ore, right? Look at all mm-hmm. that. That people go down on and search and dig for, and it's, like it's the... solid gold. They're gold? What? Now, no. I'm, not, I'm not saying I know for sure this door is gold, but there's a chance that it's gold and that they say that it's... I mean, if you're going to build this... Look at this. If you're going to go into that much intricate detail, I mean, you're you're already balling out, right, with this big tower that you have, your, your little wizard tower that you have. Why not just ball out and make the door gold? I mean, look at this whole thing. Look at it. And then, yeah. look at this. Mm-hmm. And so the story goes that it's built on Iron Mountain and there's an anomaly on this mountain where allegedly it was the crash place, a crash site. And look at the sundial right here, a crash site of a meteorite and that the local indigenous people worshipped this site because of its magnetic properties. Now, there's an anomaly where cars go up the hill backwards the local right the local school the their mascot is the the casper the ghost so they got like a, a ghost mascot <laughs> You've also, it's the iron oxide in the ground is where you get iron mountain from and so this dude is cool. buried here bro yeah right here interesting you have a lake there too it's a moat around the tower it's a moat and there are the gnomes of Bach Tower. So there's a story of, look at this. We haven't ever seen this before, Narco. Look at this. It's the Robel Tower, perhaps. The Robel yeah. Tower. And this, the guy who made this, his last, his name is Edward Bach, by the way. Jock. Mm. B-O-K. But it's, it's interesting. A lot of the original, like Templars, is said to flee to uh, America. In 1800, when the Gusta, when the Vasa dynasty fell in yeah. the same time, he was Dutch. Yeah, and the Dutch they were very, you know, close to to the Swedes also. And yeah. he's now 
another thing here, Juan, why why do they put the scenes of Genesis on this tower? Well, because Florida's the Garden of Eden. But another point is that <laughs> <clears throat> is that if you raise the sea level on Florida by I think fifty meters, you raise the sea level on Florida. All of Peninsula Florida is going to disappear except for the little hill that that tower mm-hmm. is standing on. It's the highest so all, point. All of Florida disappears. And then that little dot that's left, an island that would be left, would have this tower at the very, very tippy top. Mm-hmm. So, meaning after a biblical flood, only this little point with the tower would be sticking up out of the water in Ooh. Florida. And thus you have the scenes of Genesis and all of the uh, scenes of Noah's Ark etched onto this. Well, they knew about the, the rising of the sea levels and all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also embedded into the book saga and that that kind of mythology. Look at when they were building it. Look at that. Yeah. Bok Tower construction. Yeah, the parallels are very... Oh, here, I've got a picture for you. Can I show you guys this? Yeah, you can share your screen. Have you guys seen the the, the carnival of Syria? The carnival what? The carnival. It's a less known HBO series about... No. Oh, Carnival. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but the gypsies, man. The traveling yeah. circus. Absolutely. And, and they are like remnants of these Templars. But they are like those scary people going around telling stories, fortune tellers. Mm-hmm. And then you have like Satan embodied or this dark character uh, being this priest. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and watch that show, dude. Very, I, was, I was much younger when I watched that show. Yeah, but it's worth looking into. There's something there with the with the Templars and the, and the you know sort of this battle against the the Catholics, and uh, I think it's very interesting. What do we got? Oh my God! So this is back in time. If it was if it was under fifty meters, that's wild. Yeah. Now, now if you if you continued to raise this, um, you know, foot by foot, meter by meter these other islands would disappear. Um, this one up here possibly might might reduce to a speck, but right here on this ridge, is, you have Iron Mountain, which, mm-hmm. which certainly would be the last piece of land sticking out of Peninsular Florida. And cool. that's, that's why they built that tower there, just in case, I don't know, just in case the, those, you know... Uh, waters go back up there are it's almost an instruction manual to mankind it's it's a type of georgia guidestone there's not really instructions but there's the, the history and um all the timekeeping apparatus man would need to get back on track etc so that's one interpretation that's really interesting of the box definitely florida would be very susceptible to flooding right yeah like, yeah because yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so flat Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah they follow this gulf stream down here they're like it's paradise and then the fall comes holy <laughs> shit 
It's so different. Ragnarok. It's so different uh, if you compare to like Sweden, who has been under the ice. So we have land. It, you know, the land is still like moving up. Yes. So even if the sea uh, is rising, the land rises faster. Yeah. Now, do you know what's special about Gotland or Got Gothenburg, um, Sweden, and Helsinki? Is that these places still have their limestone? Hmm. So. How can we test that the Fox saga is true, and um, can you know you can verify it uh, geographically? Is that the islands below Helsinki and in and around uh, Gotland, Sweden, still have their limestone up until the bedrock? So there's there's not any exposed bedrock, is what I'm saying. So the glaciers did not carve those areas no. out. Wow. Meaning, and see this, you see this um water line right here mm-hmm. where where up here at the panhandle of Florida, the water line has not changed very much. Well, right there is where the, all glaciers would have been stopped dead in their tracks. Why? Because in this crest you have the most highest magnitude pumping of freshwater springs on the planet meaning the water coming out of this gulf of mexico this is where the gulf stream comes from by the way is the spring water of florida which is fixed at 72 degrees no matter what even if it if it bumps into ocean water if it bumps into swamp water it yeah 72 degrees uh, fahrenheit it is stuck there some say 68, but that's like a cold spring with no sunlight. But once um, it comes to the surface, 72 degrees, that is what melts the ice, prevented the ice from touching any of the Gulf of Mexico, any of the glaciers from disturbing the Caribbean. And this is why I maintain Florida as a garden of Eden. Now, of course, it's not the garden of Uden. It's not the right. garden of Uden or Odin, but in terms of a safety a safe haven of humanity from which philosophy and arts and uh various types of produce and you know high high uh high degree of genetic um manipulation in terms of fruits animals you want to talk about the sphinx old ass people tall ass people yes tall yeah. people oh um, i said old old fucking farts yeah old people <laughs> that's it I said a high a high level of humanity but it's like the capital of old ass people uh, yeah not modern florida i'm talking about but it's all this is a garden of eden in terms of if you're making a garden what's the first thing you do you choose you either choose or you produce the flattest land you have meaning you choose the flattest plot and the most irrigated, and then you plant accordingly. Well, that's Florida, and it has been for at least 30 million years, believe it or not. So, blah, blah, blah. And also, with that said, if you want to come join the cult of Dr. Longo, you can email us, drlongo <laughs> at gmail.com, and submit your applications. We're only going to be choosing the strongest smartest people so just Most you know from, beautiful from the yep. when the ragnarok comes if you have blonder hair than narcolongo please shoot us an application and <laughs> yeah. no fake highlights yeah, man. <laughs> there you go Redheads are royalty 
Juan's getting the hang of it. Exactly, bro. We got we have to keep right. We're we're at the at the, the on the phallus of America. We have to keep this this genetic bloodline alive, whatever that means. But also, doesn't America come from something that means feathered serpent or dragon Amaruka. or something? Amaruka is the uh, yeah, it comes from all the Mesoamerican gods and everything the Quetzalcoatl, Kokolkan, this Mm -hmm. plumed serpent, Mm -hmm. the land of the plumed serpent. And so, I mean, you know, 10 years ago, I was saying that and going, wow, so it's aliens, and you know, but now. With the box saga and and it's everything Aryan. that Doctor Narco Longo has has given us, like we have a lot of different reference points to see how. And Dan pointed out recently, recently to me, in just a very plain way, it's it's such an important point to make that when you look at the early stories of Genesis, you're looking at a at a populated planet, you're looking at already established places and kingdoms and so i mean we have to really put that into context when we're thinking about what's mystical and what's human and what's part of our history and what we can actually untwist and lay lay out flat for everybody because a lot of people kind of get on this train where oh we're never going to know what really happened i think Mm -hmm. we all are here to stand attest to that to say no we can definitely untangle this and figure it out it's just going to take a lot of uh you know uncomfortable uh history <laughs> and a lot of uh deep research just spending less time at starbucks across the board <laughs> all dunkin donuts <laughs> i don't know it's all about time time about... man absolutely and where to put the mind yeah mm-hmm. but uh i think it's important to choose an area like you florida in this case it's very nice to get like an expert on a specific area well, I don't know if I'm an expert yet. Yeah, I wouldn't say expert. Gonna, yeah, no, <laughs> no but uh, like, like for me, I, I hone in on like Sweden, and then I can. It's a small country, and yeah. it's getting easy to track because it's very small. Especially throughout, like a couple of hundred years, it's quite easy to grasp. And you know if what? you if you size down, instead of just looking all over the fucking world to know everything, yeah. it's easier to start where you like live. Yes. for example. Yeah, walking through yeah. local graveyards and looking at last names like a creeper, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's how we do it. Yeah, look at your own backyard. And I, I will take expert now that I think about it, because every expert, every Florida expert that I've met has been, you know, a, a bucket of of retard essentially. <laughs> He's uh, an yeah, expert. Man. I have such a hard time trying to find like t- trying to rub up against like actual historians and ask okay. questions to them because even like the broad premise of my question before I even get to it, they're going to reject. You know, it's like they. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. You have to kind of become experts yourselves, and it, it does take a lot of research. And it's hard. I wouldn't call myself an expert either at all. It's just kind of uh, every day you just have to keep learning more and not put your ego into it. You know, like I try to disprove what I think. You know, maybe it is aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. You still don't, don't know that you're an expert yet, or maybe it's all fake and gay, and it's neither. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. I'm go. just thinking about the scene though, when Bilbo is supposed to sign that he's a burglar. You know, have you seen the the yeah. Tolkien? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The dwarf say he's an expert. You misheard it, but yeah. <laughs> My well, favorite. Some, sometimes the chat. Sometimes. You're, you don't have an occupation until you accepted the challenge, you know? So sometimes yeah, right. the challenge is the occupation. So you don't, I understand that. 
Well put. Exactly. Sometimes it'd be like this. Look, sometimes I'd be like, all right, then keep your secrets then. I don't want to know anyways, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, let that. Me, let me sh share one last thing that I found. My friend uh, Kalen from the Strange Neighborhood podcast showed me something. And it's uh, it's that same book I showed earlier. But this part is really interesting. It says the Canaanites or Cabals have been deemed parents of the Atlantes and Africans. They were skillful, powerful, and wicked, inventing agriculture and arts, building cities, blah, 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 uh, while the Sethians invented astronomy, letters, and dwelt in tents. If the American Atlantes were mm. antediluvian, they must have sprung from the Atlantes Canaanites, kin of Moses. And it goes on down here to say, the giants dwelt in Talo Toto, the world Talo of the Hindus, where we find the Toltecs. And we're talking Hindus, we're talking the Vedas, home mm -hmm. of the North Pole. Therefore, America, called also Atala, and once sunk in the waves like the Atlantis of the Greek, whose Atlantes were also giants of powerful men. The Egregori have been deemed the titans of the Greeks, and Atlas was a titan. Although gigantic nations existed in America, the Telegas, Toltecs, Toltecas, Caribs. Caribs, oh yeah, yeah Caribbeans, yeah, the Chihuahuas, yeah, being often such, the term giant must always be understood to refer to powerful perverse men mm. the name of Raphaim and nephilim appear unknown in i don't have the next page but yeah this book is uh pretty interesting the name of it again is um who 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 runs the nfl quick quick thought here referees refs <laughs> right <laughs> yeah the Ref, american nations Ref or the look at that guy's last name rafa rafinesque rafinesque yeah, that's what I Constantine, said. Constantine, Samuel, Prophet. <laughs> yeah, man. So interesting, that's an interesting, date. interesting book. And, and real quick, I, I, because I just did an episode this week. I released it yesterday on or what day is it? Sunday, Friday. And I talked about how right these men of renown inserting themselves into the daughters of men. Well, <laughs> what if it was like possession and not? In a literal sense, what if they were yeah. possessed by the Nephilim? It just, it just said egregore and egregory yeah. and egregore is, is a thought process. Yeah, a thought form. It's, it's a, yeah. a negative thought form, mm -hmm. right? Oof, but it does, so. it seems to be like calling a certain people egregore yeah, too. You, and when you think about the mixing of races, you know, this is also the Romeo and Juliet story in a mm -hmm. way. Yeah. So we're talking about admixture. I mean, and who knows how deep the story goes? Because we know that they tell these symbolic stories in layers. Yes. So you look at Robert Sepper's work about like Crow Magnet Man, and and uh, and things like that, and the actual admixture of uh, our modern man and stuff like that. It's pretty interesting how these stories are seem to be layers of mm -hmm. the same mm -hmm. thing over and over again throughout time. They're just that stories, and I think that's I I think it, we're here to peel those stories apart and actually find the truth, but. Again, that's going to take a little bit of, a little bit of time. 
Speak for, your, speak for yourself, Juan. I'm a, I'm in the the fast lane over here, bro. All right, All right. hey, dude. You know, to <laughs> each to each their own, right? Different strokes for different folks. We know that. I'm on the I'm on the highway to Helsinki over here. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, before we, get, before we wrap up, to Helsinki. I'm now almost at the finish line. You could say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So but before we wrap up everything, I, I don't want to forget, I'm putting this out on my birthday on May 11th. And uh, Narco, I was wondering if you could kind of give us any uh, astrological uh, information for what's uh, what we should be expecting in this time. period. <sighs> Hit him with the truth, Longo. It says no. that he's gay, right? How bad is it for me? May I mean, 11th. I'm probably going to have to let you down in, in terms of, <laughs> in terms of like the, the greater movements of the planets um because i I have not been keeping up with it i've been in in my van for the last couple weeks like traveling for florida filming stuff mr giant one of those traveling men yes yeah (laughs) you know charlataning my way across uh the 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 dawn coast of florida selling snake oil and such but um (laughs) (laughs) no but we uncovered another portal i can Yeah, we've found that portal, but um, I can tell you about uh, just Taurus in general. Taurus sure. is, is a time of fertility. Um, you know, in, in the Bach saga, they say they would try to have their kids around. Um, in the vor. In when? The vor. The vor? The war. Like war. Yeah, okay. but war is spring in Swedish. Oh, okay. Like March. Beautiful. Yes. March nice. flipped yes. over. So this the, is how we flip that. Yeah. Mars. Oh, Mars time. Mars rules Aries. And in the box saga, they explicitly say they tried to have their men born as Aries. Now they they go as oh, far yeah. they go as far as to say all the children being born in March. Now that doesn't mean Aries specifically, but I'm coming out on my opinion. My informed astrological opinion. Yes, <laughs> yes, Juan, you can um, set off your fireworks. The blouse, the blouse didn't give it away. Set off the fireworks you've been keeping for the occasion. Um, but <laughs> so, um, sorry, my my assistant's being fake, fake and gay in the background. Nice. But um, so March, you have March, Mars. I forgot what I was going to say, but at some point in time, <laughs> I'm going to say that they wanted their women, their girls, their baby-making girls to be born in March, uh, not March, right after March, Taurus. So Taurus makes the best girlfriend, the most fertile women come um, from Taurus. Taurus is the most feminine sign. It, it rules the crescent moon, mm. espe- especially the up turned crescent moon which is like a bowl yep, like a bull's for, horns for re- a bowl yes like the bull's horns but it's also yep. for receiving a bowl a bowl so bowl taurus um i've talked in a couple different shows i've done about how the phoenicians Venetians, romans greeks whoever was getting in a ship and crossing the atlantic to come to the, the gulf the caribbean florida whatever they would wait until Saturn was in the sign of Taurus. Hmm. So 
if that would make sense, if they were going to the land of the crescent moon, the land of fertility, a fertile crescent, which in both roots of, of either word in that phrase, fertile and crescent are both ruled by the sign Taurus. Taurus. So Taurus is also where it rules eating, right? And um, it rules like bulls. They All they do is eat all day, right? A cow eats nonstop, start to end of the day, almost. And this is where you get the word Tor. So I learned this a couple days ago. You guys will like this. If you're ever having trouble spelling the word restaurant, restaurant, okay? If you know your astrology, you'll never have to, you know, scratch your head <laughs> again because to tor, tar, to tar, T-A-U-R, is to eat. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Taurus. Taurus. So it's not tor like T-O-R. We're not saying this is tor. However, in the runic system, the tor rune is associated with Taurus. And this is why... Um, it's especially associated with thunder and big people, big, tall people. Um, the Tor rune, which rules the sign of Taurus. So, but blah, blah, blah. If you ever need to spell restaurant, you can spell it. <laughs> Restaurant. So, you know, Taurus goes right there. T-A-U-R. So it rules eating, fertility, fruit, um, springtime, blooming, growth flowers of course so what else does taurus rule jeff it rules money it rules income so it's silver. It's, it's stubborn it's silver stubbornness the people are yeah if you want to get into personality traits the people are stubborn they're like a cow you can't <laughs> you can't push them but if you enrage if you enrage a taurus tauruses have the worst temper <laughs> um because once they get going um, it's a lot of momentum to stop, you know, a bull, a raging bull. Oh, you're a Taurus, Dr. Longo? No, I'm a Sagittarius. Okay. Sagittarius. I'm the Taurus, and I, I can definitely uh, vouch for that, and so can my wife. They're but both. It takes Taurus. me a long time to get there, but yeah, <laughs> a lot of momentum there. Yeah. <laughs> but, the um... Tauruses are great at earning money. Mm. They like to earn everything they make. They hoard. They hoard. They they right. like their things. Now look at look at Juan. Juan's also a Taurus, so they they keep a lot of a lot of useless shit around the house. <laughs> they, um... A lot of things that that we do. Things. Yes, a lot of. I useless love shit. my things. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. But, I mean, I've tried to right. disavow a lot of things. You know. But it's yeah. just like when you think about like, am I going to need it in the future? And then like, like something goes off, or like, oh, I'm going to need this, and. My wife can vouch for that. Whenever she's needed the most random thing, I just so happen to have it in like my mm-hmm. bottomless bag of curiosities, and I'll just like dig in there and take it out, and like boom. But yeah, she makes fun of me for that. But yeah, I am definitely a hoarder. So mm-hmm. now I think Dan's a Gemini, if I remember correctly. Now, Jock, Jock, what are you? Aquarius. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Early. Yeah. Yes. Like, do you know why? Can I tell you why? Because yes. everyone's name determines their is determined by their astrological sign. Now, not everyone likes to hear that because they say, "Oh no, my name, my you know, I'm named for Johnny Cash, or I'm named for you know, uh, Betty Smith, or blah blah blah." Well, that may be the how, 
but it's not the, the why. Shock, jock, Aquarius rules lightning and electricity and neon lights and bright, uh, you know, explosion, um, cyber electricity sparks, right? Sparks. Um, Jacques, Jacques is the shock, like a from electric shock. You have your name. My mm. name, um, my name, Sagittarius comes from Sagittarius too. And I could do anyone's name if they'd like, but. Interesting. Yeah. That is really cool. I never heard that before. So everyone's name comes from there. Um, everything nice. is. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I was commenting the cap of uh, Joan. Is it like the, the hermit? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the hermit. Yep. The oh, lantern. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. A Taurus hermit. Yes, I am a hermit. I am a, a very not anti social, but I am a homebody. I mean, that's a Taurus. Homebody. Thing. Yeah, man. See, I now, thrive at home. It's yeah, nice. Yeah. When you think everyone else is an idiot, you stay at home, right? Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, that, this last cruise did it for me. I think I'm I'm done oh, with that people must have been, yeah, for that for a while. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Hey guys, I got a I got a bounce. I got a show at ten, and uh, Roman was supposed to start it, and you know how that goes. So I got <laughs> shout a, out to Roman. Hey, Lou, I, I think got, we're gonna wrap up anyway. If you guys are cool with that, yeah, I got a bounce. I sure. gotta run anyway. Yeah, I got a lot more gardening so. to do today. So this was fun. Dan, Yake, Juan, Doctor Narco Longo, thank you guys so much for hanging out on my birthday party Herman. celebration podcast. This was really fun. Happy birthday! Some of my favorite shit. Yeah, happy I love birthday, you guys. Thanks, guys, and Happy I birthday. appreciate you all very much. So tell everybody where they can find you. TJOJP.com. Uh, TJOJP.com. Long go. Rising from the ashes. Okay, everybody, just all at once. <laughs> um, old World Florida on YouTube and old underscore world underscore Florida on Instagram. Beautiful. Yeah. Dan the man, where can we find you? Uh, Rising from the Ashes podcast. Uh, I, I was doing a thing called Portals of Dan on Spotify <laughs> and whatnot, but I'm moving that to the Rising to the a- from the Ashes feed. So nice. uh, there's going to be some new shows on there, Ebbs and Flows, which is a story. Uh, there's about four of us, and we go through the Book of Genesis, and then uh, the 88, where we go through the 88 constellations, and then nice. uh, there's going to be a bunch more stuff coming to that feed. So uh, go check that out. Cool, cool. Yake, yeah, okay. where can they find you, man? I'm hidden. Now, Jock or Jocke Hegstrom on YouTube. That's what I do. Excellent. All right, everybody. Juan. It's been yeah, real. TJOJP.com. You know where to find me. All right. Hell yeah, man. Appreciate right, you, everybody. man. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, everyone. thank you. Up. Happy birthday, Thanks, Andy. everybody, for listening. Thanks for watching, and catch you next time. For sure. Bye. Bye.